Okay, so today I'm having a conversation with my friend Hillary who owns a company called Creative Babes. And Creative Babes is a meetup group, um, a collective of women in Columbus, Ohio that gather for workshops, events. Um, they get together and make stuff. They party. Uh, and they even get up to 200 people out to an event at one time. So it's a pretty incredible group. I've seen the community grow and it just seems like they make an amazing impact. So we talk about how she started Creative Babes and also we follow up with my previous episode in which she had sent me a text message that I answered on air, which was, what do I do if I have too many ideas? So hopefully you enjoy this episode and without further ado, here's my conversation with Hillary from Creative Babes. Hey, Hillary, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I'm so pumped that I get to talk to you today. Uh, I feel like anytime we get to catch up, it's always just, I don't know, I have a blast when we chat because I think we sort of approach work the same way. So I'm definitely happy to be talking with you today. And I recently recorded an episode based on a text message that you sent me. Like many conversations, I feel like we have um, just midweek or randomly throughout the month where we just kind of ping each other with random thoughts or questions. And I thought that your story would be particularly relevant to the first four years listeners because you've done something, what I, what I believe is amazing in Columbus, which is you've started not only a business, but really a movement for uh, local, I guess, women of Columbus who are interested in all things creative. Like I said in my intro, the company is Creative Babes. You host workshops, you host events, you've built this incredible community of uh, creative women in Columbus, and it's just been really fun to see. So um, excited to kind of dig into that. Today's episode is about choosing ideas and running with them. Um, I think most people can relate. It's easy to have a lot of ideas. It is very difficult to actually pursue one um, and follow through on it to a point that it actually finds some success. So I sort of want to start, I suppose, our, our conversation by going back to the beginning, like when you started Creative Babes, which is uh, this membership, um, this group of women who, who meet for live events and uh, talk online, did you think that you were starting something that was going to grow to the point it is now? Like, what was your thought when you sort of had that idea? the yeah. initial concept or was it even the same idea? Yeah. Um, to answer your question, no, I absolutely did not think it would be what it is today. Um, it was an idea that was born over cocktails with my business partner, Megan Lee. Um, and honestly it was, you know, it, it came up organically. Um, she's a photographer. I'm a graphic designer and, we just got talking about um, the women that were really impactful kind of in our creative journeys. And we were surprised to find that we didn't know each other's contacts. Um, and then we thought, okay, let's just bring all these creative women together in one place. Wouldn't that be awesome? It was that simple of an idea. And so, so yeah, we threw the first event. And even that was interesting because um, we didn't have – much of an idea. We kind of built uh, like a little bit of an agenda, 
But um, our main goal was to ask people kind of why they showed up. But you know what's funny? I, I just went back to our Facebook event. So we we put that event just on Facebook, left it completely open to the public. We kind of just etched out the kind of event that we would want to go to for creative women. Um, and I went back to the event. We're going to be three years old in August. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll be three years old in a couple weeks. And um, I went back to that event. And I read through like our mission and everything is exactly the same. It was kind of shocking. Like we (laughs) haven't changed the core mission at all. So you sort of had this gut feeling that you and Megan kind of expressed uh, together over cocktails and that gut feeling, it sounds like it was sort of, I was right. I mean, it's clearly worked. People have definitely resonated with it. Um, so that's really interesting to hear that that first event really sort of set the tone for yeah. everything everything that's to come. And I think having that clear kind of why and that clear pain, I suppose, that you were trying to solve for yourself definitely helps um, when you're doing something new to, I suppose, find success with it because you sort of know what what you're wanting. Right, right. Yeah, actually, that's an interesting point. I had... Um a guy named Andy Miller. He's an illustrator here in Columbus. Um, he gave me an art therapy session last weekend. <laughs> and he posed a question that kind of relates to that, that I've just been thinking about since then. And it was, um, the question was basically, what would you want someone with your skill set to do for you? And that's been really interesting to think on a, a business level, but then just kind of on a personal level. But I kind of think that relates in terms of, um, yeah, like what what do you want, and what what do you want someone with your skill set to give you? So, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, and so you were really looking for this kind of community of women to get together, not even just connecting online or learning that way, but actually getting together in person. Yeah, was there a reason why when you and Megan were first talking that? you thought like this for sure had to be done in person um, that led you to create that first event with a Facebook invite. Mm, Yeah. Um, Well, it's funny. We actually avoided social media for a really long time. I think that that was a strong feeling that we both had that we wanted um, the community to be based around raw, authentic connection. And I don't think at the time either of us saw any communities doing that well online Um, and, and we still, we don't have a huge, um, online community aspect really yet. That's something I think that we, you know, we would want to tread carefully into, but we've got a social presence. Um, but we just really, I mean, people are just different in person. And I think women, especially one of our driving factors was that women, um, just can, they can feel this automatic sense of like competition, especially if it's like a professional creative event or something to that nature. So we wanted to do something like on the opposite, opposite end of the spectrum. That's awesome. And so I think that gets kind of the point of when you created this brand, you sort of had this really specific idea for it. Like you didn't try to go so broad and say right away and say, you know, it's going to be online and offline. It was like, no, we just want to do this one type of event that connects people in this way and really even the feeling that you're talking about, which is a place that you can feel encouraged and maybe not like it's being uh, competitive, maybe like some other events that have happened. So I think it's interesting, like from a business standpoint, it's smart 
to not try to do social media and um, offline events. I'm sure a lot of people, if you were asking advice, they'd tell you, of course, you have to sort of build up social media and that's how you'll get people there. But that's not what you guys did at all. You guys figured out how to get people out without really using those channels, at least initially. Right. Yeah, exactly. How scary was it putting up the first Facebook page and how much time between the cocktail uh, conversation to the event post going up on Facebook? Uh, how long did that take? And do you remember any anything <laughs> that happened in between? That's um, It's funny you say that. It actually all happened in one night. I think amazing. I think probably because we were drinking. because of the cocktails. Okay, so that's that's the secret here, really, that we're getting after is the uh, the inspiration from the cocktail and then the the action with it, huh? Yeah, it's funny. Megan and I often say we're not sure that it would have ever come to fruition if we hadn't done it right that night because we just we were so jazzed, we were so excited. Um, you can ask Megan Lee's roommate; she she would hear us in the other room. We actually so we went out for the drinks and then. Megan Lee lived just a few blocks away. So we walked to her place afterwards and sat down and made the Facebook event. And um, her her roommate would tell you that all she heard was like laughing and high five. <laughs> Giggles. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think there's two reasons that's like a really important piece of, I suppose, this puzzle of us coming up with ideas and actually launching them. I think the first is that it probably came across so much more authentic when you created that Facebook post because you guys were energized and sort of like feeling it right then. Mm-hmm. So you didn't you didn't self-edit, you know, what you were writing. You just sort of probably wrote whatever was raw on your guys' minds at that point. Um, and I think that probably came across that way with, with people who read it. Um, and I think the other thing is when you get excited about an idea, there's kind of that phase that you're talking about, which is like, you're excited, you're like, gung-ho and if you sit with it too long it's almost like the logical part of your brain starts to creep in and then starts saying well what if nobody shows up or you know how is this going to make money and I think it's almost like you want to act before the excitement (laughs) dies down and the logic part of your brain uh, sort of shows up and one thing I always do is I try to anytime I'm excited about something I try to take one step forward Um, I don't try to you know, take, take it very far, but is there one thing that can sort of guarantee that this thing makes progress? Because if I'm excited about it now, I think there's a reason for that. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And so you, you put up this Facebook post and, uh, and then you have to say to yourself, you have to work backwards and you say, okay, well now (laughs) we have an event planned. What's it going to look like? And I think that's another sort of key. I'm, I'm assuming you sort of, uh, I guess the way they'd say this is you built the parachute as you were skydiving. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, oh shit. I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my screen went black. Um, yeah, we, uh, yeah. I mean, we also that night kind of built out the, the agenda very loosely and then, yeah. And then we said, okay, you know, we're just doing this. And honestly, I don't think we thought too much about it. And then a ton of people started responding. I want to say we had like over a hundred people RSVP'd or like interested in this event. And we were just blown away. I mean, we didn't, did not expect that. Um, And then we had about 32, I think, show up. Mm -hmm. And most of the women we didn't know which was interesting. But, um, but yeah, we had kind of loosely built out the agenda. Um, 
and we like had a like a kind of like a cheesy icebreaker game. <laughs> do, do those still happen, or is that is that gone now? On as part of your platform. On occasion, it depends on the size of the event. Um, mm-hmm. But we had name tags. We still do that at pretty much every event. It's really important for um, to us for women to feel known and recognized. And so there's a lot of things that have kind of carried through. But but yeah, it well, was definitely experimental. Yeah, and I think this also gets back to sort of the the topic we're talking about today, which is sort of how do you choose an idea um, instead of just letting it kind of sit and then coming up with another idea and then letting it sit. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing is you you had this idea, you were excited, you did something about it right away to test it. And then it just so happens that the test you put out was was really successful. And I think when we're all kind of testing ideas, whether they're big or small, even stuff you guys are doing today with Creative Babes as you test a new event or test an online membership, I definitely think the stuff that takes off right away is sort of how you know that you should continue and and almost like dig to see how far this can go. Yeah. Um, so after that first event, I mean, how are you guys feeling? Was it like, oh, wow, like you're almost, I think you're almost surprised um, at <laughs> maybe the, the how big of the response you actually got, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were super surprised. Um very excited. But then, you know, we actually kind of, I think we were probably tired. Events are, events are a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of just like let it dissipate, honestly. And then after a few months, women set, would say, when are you going to do that again? Like, when are you, when are you doing it? And so we re- right. I think it was when we got asked to, to do it again, that we knew we were onto something. Yeah, totally. Well, there's a, a Seth Godin line, which is, would people miss you if you're gone? And that's sort of how, how you know if um, something is sticky enough in people's minds that it's providing value. And yeah, people missed missed that event or that feeling. Um, so I, I want to talk some about what it is that you sell, I suppose, is the way that I'd frame it. And what I mean by that is you've already started touching on some of these ideas of uh, not feeling like it's uh, competition, making people feel like they're welcome and encouraged or seen. Um, how intentional, even as you've sort of learned how these events go, like how intentional are you all about the, setting up the right environment for the event? Because it seems like that's an important component. Yeah, that's. I would say that's the most important component. Um, positivity is probably just our driver. Megan Lee and I, um, I think are pretty naturally positive people and we, we realize, uh, how that makes people feel. And, you know, we realize that I think we have kind of like a gift to create kind of these, um, magical positive spaces. And yeah, that's definitely the most important thing. Um, is that draining for you sometimes (laughs) to sort of always, uh, keep, keep that going or is it energizing? You know, it's it's been um, an evolution for me personally. Megan Lee is still the hostess with the mostest, and she <laughs> loves it. She is she um, gets a lot of energy from doing it. I, on the other hand, have actually kind of, um, even though I still think I'm very very extroverted, I do like a lot of the back end work and a lot of the ideating. So I'm actually kind of moving in a direction where I do a little bit less of the event work and being even at the events. 
Um, because yeah, it is, it's draining. And I think that that's okay to recognize, um, that shift and just kind of, I mean, cause I don't totally. burn out. So yeah. And I'd say that, uh, it kind of shows that there's a relationship between you and Megan. Um, and you've sort of maybe found your different skill sets and, and what, um, you both can provide for the community and for the events. So when you first were starting, was it, was it sort of difficult, uh, to figure out whose role was what, or has it always been really clear, um, of how to sort of divvy up the work? Because I think this is sort of an interesting topic too, just about creating something with somebody else, um, and sharing a vision instead of, um, just one person kind of leading with that vision. Yeah, no, we definitely didn't recognize our strengths or weaknesses in the beginning. Um, and I would say that's even probably become a bigger conversation in like the last six months to a year. Um, I think we've been able to really reflect on on those spaces where we feel really energized and excited. Um, and and yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of a hard it's a hard thing to figure out, especially I mean, especially when I do think that I was energized by the events in the beginning. And that has kind of shifted um, as we've been trying to grow the business. So totally, it changes. Yeah, and I, I think actually, um, I'm sure as you guys grow, it also presents new challenges and new skill sets. Even too, you know, if you've got multiple events going on, if you're managing a website, like there's actually different problems, I suppose, in the business to be solved. So I definitely think it's natural in that case uh, that that things change. Another thing that's interesting about uh, your story, and I believe Megan is the same, is that um, you've also uh, chosen to continue working um, with your job as a designer. And I believe Megan still does photography. Is that right? Yep, she sure does. And can you talk some about uh, sort of how Creative Babes fits in your life? Um, Because I think another important thing just for this show is these type of projects can provide so much. you know, whether it's a blog that you're able to express your thoughts on, whether you're able to build community. Um, And so I think a lot of times we sort of see the startup hype, I suppose, in the news, but sometimes it's about just building something that scratches your own itch and provides you a lot of community, opportunity, access. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, work and how Creative Babes sort of fits into that, whether you want to go full-time, whether you like it as a side project. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Megan Lee works for herself. So she, you know, she fits creative babes in when and where she can. Um, and her schedule is much more flexible, which is great. Um, you know, if we have to set up meetings during the day or things like that, she's got like the perfect gig for that. Um, I, on the other hand, I do work a nine to five. Um, but I work for a small studio here in Columbus and I've been there for about four years and um, I'm really lucky my boss really encourages me to work in Creative Babes. Um, he really supports it. We do have to have like clear lines of commun- communication um, in terms of, you know, what's what level of work is expected of me at work and just being able to maintain that and do well there and then still be able to, um, you know, kind of feed feed the business of Creative Babes. But it's... Right. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say, how did you have that conversation at first? So you know, Creative Babes is taking off. Maybe, maybe your boss starts to see something online. It's like, Hillary, what's what is this? <laughs> uh, like, how did that sort of develop? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't remember there. 
I don't remember there being um, any like grand conversations. It was, I mean, because we did start so slowly, you know, we had one event and then six months later had another event. And then maybe three months after that had another event. It wasn't nearly as packed of a schedule as it is now. And it wasn't as many moving parts. Um, can you can you give us a quick picture? I think that's another really interesting point is that this isn't something where you're just like making it happen right away. It really kind of played out naturally. So you said you kind of gave us that early cadence. How does it look now for you guys? What's the picture of now? I'm just curious to sort of contrast that. Yeah. So now, um, so we still maintain what we call our quarterly events, which is, you know, we consider our first event that first quarterly event. So we try to have these big events that follow the same format about every three months or so. And how many women typically go to those? Those. So we flex a little bit based on the size of the venue, um, but we've gotten up to a little over 200. Wow. (laughs) It's a big event. Yeah. Yeah, That we kind of, that one, I just wanted to see how big we could get. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, so we have those events and then we also have workshops Um, and those used to be kind of just when and where we wanted. So it would be anything from, you know, panels about entrepreneurship to, um, a weaving class to, you know, right now we're planning, um, a workshop that revolves around ritual. And so we kind of just tap into our community. Um, we tap into the different skill sets that our babes have because they are just incredibly vast so we've got those going on, um, and those are those have become a little more structured around our membership program. So we launched a membership program four months ago, um, which I would say has been kind of like the biggest shift in the business um, because we do charge for the membership, and the goal is for that to really push us forward. It's the first time that we have any steady income stream because before that, it's just been totally um, Mm events-based. And and so we work with different um, specific businesses each quarter. And so those, a lot of those women really are driving our workshops now. So we're kind of developing some more structure in that way. Um, And then we do, we did a pop-up market. We do a holiday market. Uh, We'll have our third one this year, but we also did a pop-up market a few weekends ago. So we kind of just, and and most of that was just because we, or we, the market was because we got asked to partner with someone to do it. And so we had the space and, um, and so we just went for it. Yeah. You sort of use the resources at hand. So you've got some women in the community who have a certain skill and they say, Hey, I could run this workshop and you're able to run it that way. You get asked to, to host a market. Um, and so a lot of it seems to come up fairly naturally. Exactly. Yeah. That's really interesting. And so I'm I'm curious, is there a moment, um, and it could be early on, it could be uh, recently, that sort of stands out in your in your mind of just an experience at one of the events um, that was just totally unexpected for you, especially in the early days of starting out? Like, did somebody, t- you know, tell you something about what their experience was like? Was there some weird connection that happened? I'm just curious, because I think one of the sort of joys, I suppose, of building something that other people can connect to is you just never know what's really going to happen. Um, and then sometimes like weird, interesting, amazing stuff happens and you're like, Whoa, that was so cool. I totally didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, 
I can let you think on it for a second. So yeah. we 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 jumped over this for a second, but I did want to sort of close this off with your with your work today. Um, I'm just curious if there's anything else that it would be helpful for other people when they think about um, doing something nights and weekends aside from their job during the day. Um, anything you've sort of learned or experienced there? Yeah, you know it's interesting. I I see like both sides, both sides of every coin. So take this with a grain of salt. But I I do think that communication. Um, is really important and being honest with your superior is really important. Um, so my boss, Matt and I have always had a pretty open line of communication and, um, you know, I go back and forth a decent amount on whether or not, like how far I want to go forward with creative babes. Mm-hmm. Um, cause sometimes when I get really tired and I'm exhausted and I think I work way too much, my first solution is, okay, I just got to quit my job. Like I got to go full force into creative babes. Um, but I actually really like my job. And so it, it's just, it's a tricky spot. So until I am certain, I'm not going to, you know, bother my boss, unless he listens to this podcast, but <laughs> I'm not going to bother him with, Hey, I'm going back and forth. I have all these thoughts. I mean, he doesn't need to know all of that. He right. just, he needs me to show up, do my work, um, and get the job done. And, and as long as I'm doing that, I'm exploring both of my options. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think open line of communication. Uh, but you gotta f- you gotta feel that out. I mean, my boss and I have are, are we're friends before we worked together, so mm. that's just com- it's just comfortable and easy to, for the most part. It's not easy to um, it's not always easy to talk about some of the harder stuff, but. Yeah, it's it. I could see that potentially getting a little awkward of like, oh, hey, how's, how's stuff been going? You're like, oh, it's good, and yeah. yeah, oh, it's just like a small thing, and then 200 women show up to, to the event. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Hillary, you said this was a small thing, so right. Uh, that's so interesting. And so, when do you find the time now? Are you is it weekends? Like, do you sort of have a really set schedule for yourself and how you do that? Because, like you said, you've you've shifted the business now because you. Uh, launch the online membership and you're, you've got a shop. Um, and I imagine that kind of has a different type of work associated with it versus maybe that all at once kind of work that needs to happen for an event. Um, you know, like where you'd probably work pretty hard for a few weeks and then the event happens and there's a release. Um, but it's ongoing now. How do you, how do you structure that for yourself? Yeah. So Megan and I, um, we meet every Tuesday night, we call it babe practice. So we always, count on that and we fill orders and um we talk about the priority items there's always a million things to talk about but we're always discussing the priority items and um you know I work a lot in the evening I just you know I probably spend I mean I would say at least five to ten extra hours a week just working on babe stuff and I've had to really um release a lot of pressure though I I I tend to live sort of in like urgency mode. Like if we get an email about something, I want to address it immediately and that's not always healthy. So, um, so I'm really learning how to just actually, I kind (laughs) of, I take a lot of hints from the great British baking show. There's a host. I'm watching. I just finished season one. I'm so into that show. Me and my girlfriend watch it. So anyways, I'm just excited because I'm, I'm ready for this, uh, this metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen anybody have a breakdown yet, but um, 
when somebody has like a complete meltdown on the show, like something with their bake is just like a total disaster, something doesn't set or whatever. The one hostess, and I'm forgetting her name, but with the dark hair, she pulls them aside and she, you can hear them. They record it. She just says, it's just, it's just a baking show. It's just a cooking show. (laughs) And I love that. And so, you know, when I, when I feel myself going into these like crazy modes of like, I just got to get this stuff done. It's end of the world. I just tell myself like, no, it's just a membership or it's just, it's not life or death. Like it's, it's totally creative community work. It's important, you know, having good customer service and being attentive to your people is important, but you know, you just got to chill out sometimes. So I've, yeah. And you got, you got to take care of you first. Cause like you said, I think what you and Megan have done is really set a tone for a culture of these events. And I think the benefit of creating community is once you do a lot of work in the beginning, that culture kind of stays. Like I think one thing I've noticed about the events, although I haven't been able to attend because I'm a guy, but (laughs) from what I've seen, I think I did go to one event that was kind of like a mixer thing, but um, you guys have really set a tone, but at the same time, yes, there's a culture established, but you and Megan still lead that community. And so you have to take care of, both of you guys have to take care of um, yourself first so that you're able to can, you know, continue that leadership for that community. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure people understand that too. Um, but, you know, sometimes people can be tricky, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they do. And I think the people that really get creative babes get that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's like with any community, you're going to have people kind of, um, you know, come in and out because they're going to come in and maybe it serves its purpose for a little while and then they're out or they come in and they realize, you know, these aren't my people and then they're out. So it's just, you know, it's just it's part of the. How, how would you describe somebody who is sort of like the ideal, I don't want to say the ideal babe because it's not a competition, but um, there's definitely with any kind of business or product, there's sort of a thread that kind of connects people. So what's the yeah. thread that binds um, creative babes? I mean, I think you guys are really smart in the name, um, which we don't need to talk about for too long, but it it very um, quickly establishes, I think, the tone for your, you guys' brand as well as the design. Um, but yeah, is there a thread that you could sort of describe um, that, that binds um, your attendees together? I mean, I my first instinct is open, open or authentic. Mm-hmm. And I know those words get kind of thrown around a lot, but... I mean, but it's true because we cover so many different topics. We try to feature so many different women. Um, And I think part of that is being creative. I think if you want to be creative, you have to be open um, and just exploratory. And I, and I think that's, I think that's the kind of person that we attract and the kind of person that sticks around. Totally. And so um, I kind of want to, I have one last question kind of at the end, but before that, I want to circle back to um, what we had uh, spoke about before, which is like, what if I have too many ideas? Um, And I think that sort of ties into being open. Um, And maybe that's also in some ways a downside of being really open is you've got all this stuff you want to do. So is, is there something right now with Creative Babes that you are like you're exploring and that's why you feel like you've got a lot kind of different options. Um, I guess talk about some of the, maybe the place that you're in now um, with the business and and where you're thinking about taking it or, or where your, uh, your ideas are. Yeah. So, um, 
Oh, man. I Yeah, there's a lot of ideas that roll around in my head. I would say some of the some of the bigger ones. Um, and, you know, it's it's always interesting because I think when I compartmentalize ideas, I tend to think to myself, okay, is this an idea that I love and that I want to do? But because we're a community, I then ask, is this something that serves our community? Is this something that people actually want? Um, it's a great it's a great point because the beginning of the podcast was about how you made it for yourself. And I totally understand the struggle between the two. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, because you want to do what you want to do to fulfill yourself. But if you're just fulfilling yourself and not other people, then you're probably not going to make any money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're probably you know, not going to last. Yeah. So it's kind of finding that alignment between something that you're interested in and excited for and other people are. Exactly. Um, and so just as like a few things that are rolling around, um, we are, I mean, since, since I think Creative Babes really started to take off probably after the first year, we've wanted to explore space. Um, and whether that means mm-hmm. just a space for ourselves or a communal space, you know, that's, we, that's in our minds. And I know that that's a goal that we would love to achieve. I think we just haven't figured out what exactly that looks like. Um, for me, an idea that I have is, um, I want to do service trips Mm, with Dave. mm -hmm. Um, I come from a nonprofit background and that's a part of my life that I really miss, um, and would really like to feed. And I also think that that's something I have experience with and would be able to offer. Um, and awesome. Yeah. So that's, I was just going to say it's, I mean, truly, so when you so my background is in international development and basically one of the biggest takeaways from school is that women are the key to development so mm-hmm. having a community of women and traveling abroad and doing something wonderful and connecting with women um in the developing world I think is just that that to me is like a match made in heaven that's my dream That's awesome and I think other people will definitely resonate with that as well so I'm excited to see Um, where that goes. And I think part of the reason I ask, and thank you so much for sharing, is I think what's helpful for people who are kind of also starting out or have a project is there's always kind of this progression, right? Like, and even for Death to Stock, it was, you know, for us, it was like this email list. And then we started a membership. And then, you know, we crowdfunded road trips. And it's kind of like the flow of um, where the idea starts and sort of where it lands. And so it's just interesting to sort of see the bigger timeline for you guys starting physical, like with real events and then going to digital, um, and then maybe looking at something that's a bit more social good. Um, and that's kind of the way your business has like grown, I suppose. Um, I guess as it grows up, but I I really like that idea. And I think that other people will probably resonate uh, with that as well. Thanks. I hope Yeah, that's really exciting. Really excited thinking about it, which I think is a good sign. So (laughs) totally. Well, is there anything else, um, that you would say to somebody who is, um, I suppose, starting out in their first four years? And uh, if not, is there any questions you have for me? Anything you want to riff on? Because um, I just enjoy talking about work stuff. So we could <laughs> powwow right now. Well, so on the same, I think on the same topic of ideas. So yeah, I texted you and I said, how do you, you know, what do you do when you have a million ideas? How do you decide? And I guess, do you have any tips on So we're kind of like to be completely transparent and candid because it's all been Mm -hmm. kind of this side thing. We really do not have a business plan or like a roadmap, Mm -hmm. which 
a goal for me to kind of explore more and actually the next month or two, it's something I want to sit down and really see if I can even project what the next year could look like. Um, and so do you have any advice or thoughts on test? Totally get where you're at. Yeah. yeah. I think I think what you're saying too is another way of putting it is um, you've got a core bit. I think a lot of people will run into this at some point. You've got a core business. It's working. Do I expand that core business, um, which is more customers for my product mm-hmm. um, and kind of keep a similar product line? Or do I create more products for my customers? Right. Um, and so another way of putting that again is like more revenue from the same people or you know, new products, new people. And I think what I personally have found is, um, a good, uh, I think a good leader is able to do both at the same time. Um, and I think the way I, I suppose I look at it is what's the core business, um, and that kind of engine. And that's the part that can be forecasted out. Like, I don't think you can really forecast any new idea correctly, right? Like uh, any idea we test, it could go in a million ways. It could be successful. It could be not. It's pretty much a coin flip. Um, But the core business itself, and this is tough for people like you, and I think I'm really similar, um, or both of us, I suppose, is we want to jump into the new thing that's going to kind of grow and and be new. um, But we still have to keep an eye, I guess, on the ball for the core business. So I like to look at projecting the core business out maybe for the year and then look at what's currently working in that and what levers grow that specifically. So for us, you know, and this is stuff that I don't even love uh, either, but we have a product, people are buying it. If we increase traffic to our site, we increase income. Right. Um, And that is fairly predictable. And I think for you all, it's maybe similar with your events. You've got this core business running Um, If you have more events, more income or more memberships, more income. Um, But then there's kind of these moonshot ideas. And uh, those ideas can totally change the business in amazing ways. And you don't even know like how good it could be at some point, right? So like with the the trips you're talking about, like that could be an entire new business on its own. That could lead to like incredible outcomes you you don't even know about, but it's like totally a question mark. And so the the way I'd put it is, um, forecast out the core business, um, figure out what is more like mechanical about that, um, which is sort of boring, I think for us, cause it's like, oh, you're saying if we just do more events, we'll make more money, but, um, know that that's, what's going to help drive your availability to test out a new idea. Right. So I think, yeah, I'd say like what's working about this. And, and this is the great thing about working with a team. You can sometimes pass off the day to day, um, and the the incremental growth of the core business to other people because it's very clear. Your right. role as sort of the leader in the business is um, to look at what's next. And so I think you should be thinking about those other ideas. Um, and I think it sounds to me like you're really excited about one of them. So um, I would sort of just keep both those thoughts in your head at the same time. I will forecast the business as it is and, you know, do the more boring stuff that just grows that piece of it that's ongoing. Um, But then I'll take some time for myself um, to also explore something that I have no idea if it's going to work or not. Yeah. I love that. So I'd separate the ideas out too. You know, I think that's a good way to do it is just say, is this idea core business 
Um, or is this idea something I'm just like dreaming about? Um, and that, that'll help you sort of, um, work on them differently because they should be worked on in different ways, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And so, I yeah. saying that there's a few ideas, small ideas that we've kind of been exploring, but some of them definitely fall, you know, even having this conversation, I think they fall core into core business, um, just cause they already just work so easily and seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I think it is, um, I think that question of, is it more products for your existing customers? Like, are you increasing the, you know, I hate, I hate talking about it this way, but it's true. It's like, are you increasing the lifetime value of an existing customer or are you finding new customers with like new product lines? And so some businesses, um, you know, I know some people who, uh, they have a lot of products, but it's the same people that buy them over and over again. Um, right. And I know other people who um, they sort of cater to different um, segments, I suppose. Um, you know, you guys at some point, if you wanted to, maybe you could cater to businesses or something like that. But um, that also might not be aligned at all with what you're trying to do with your brand. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things to weigh, I think. But I think if you can separate sort of which ideas for what purpose um, and then sort of th- this is really the hard part is picking, you know, at some point just choosing and saying, Yes, we are going to do this. Yes, we're going to do that. Um, and I think it's a really underrated uh, skill. And I'm still trying to work on it myself is like selecting and actually going with an idea like you did in the beginning, you know? Totally. So yeah. I think I think the best thing is, yeah, I'd say roadmap the core business, pick one uh, idea that helps with that part. And then look at all the ideas under the category of like, I don't know what this could be, but I just feel like I should do it. And then maybe pick one of those. And, um, it's, it's hard. It's like, this, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to actually sort of select and follow through. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I come up with new ideas. I feel like all the time and yeah, I mean, they, they're all question marks and they, they all have possibilities of success or failure. And yeah, it's, it's so fun though. It's such a fun part of having your own business. Mm-hmm. And you're good at experimenting because the events you've run, I think a lot of those were mini experiments as well. Yeah. They, yeah, they for so. sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us. I'm really happy we got a chat. Um, it's always nice to, to talk to you. And um, yeah, thanks again. If you want to um, find Creative Babes online, I'm pretty sure you can just Google Creative Babes and you'll find everything. Um, <laughs> Hillary, are you on a social network that you want people to check out? Uh, sure. I mean, if you want to follow me, um, I am the funky monkey on it. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You should always keep that. That's amazing. I will never change Yeah. That. And people will definitely remember that. So awesome. If you want to email the show, it's david at the first four years.com with the number uh, four. Um, and thanks again. We'll be back soon. <laughs>